Hello and welcome to the CAPE podcast, CAPE standing for the Child Abuse Prevention and Education Podcast. My name is Christy McVie and I am an ex-West Australian police officer who spent 10 years with the police where I was trained as a specialist child interviewer and a child abuse detective. This podcast is all about sharing what I learned, saw and knew whilst investigating child sexual abuse in the police force. It is also about sharing the knowledge that I gained in that time that helped me with my own parenting of my then two-year-old daughter. My mission is to help share my knowledge and to help you in your role as parents to keep your kids safe along with guest experts in the field of child abuse prevention and education, both in person and online. Thank you so much for joining in on the fight to prevent child sexual abuse. Your kids will thank you for it. Hello and welcome back to the Operation Cape podcast, a podcast about child abuse prevention and education for parents. I'm with the amazing Janine Sanders, who is the founder of Educate to Empower, along with her husband, and has been writing books about, well, everything that we talk about in this podcast for the last about 12 years. Is that right, Janine? Yeah, that would be right. Yep. And I've I've got a couple of your books and I've known about your books for a while now. Unfortunately, I didn't know about your books when my daughter was younger. If I had of, I would have had the whole collection because they are amazing. <laughs> you know, they are what we've needed for a long time. And I'm, I'm, I'd love to hear more about your journey into writing them. So thank you so much for being sure. here, Janine. Yes, that's okay. And you can call me Jay. That's fine. Okay, great. But yeah, Jay's fine. Um, okay, so back in about 2010 I I have we have three daughters and earlier in my career I've been I have been a teacher but I've also been in publishing and when I was a young woman we published a book called Keeping Children Safe by Dr. Frieda Briggs Mm -hmm. and I thought gee if ever I have kids I'm going to teach them this this is really important stuff it was sort of the protective behaviors that was going on in the 80s yeah so anyway, long story short, I had the three daughters and I did teach them, you know, what we call body safety these days. And so I thought, you know, this is really important. So I'm going to go to the school where the kids go and I'm going to bring it up at school council that we need to be doing more teaching, you know, body safety. And every time I bring it up, they would leave me to the end of the agenda or people would get really restless and sort of shuffle around in their chairs and get very you know, unsettled about the topic. Mm. So I thought, okay, this is really in the wing. So I went home and I decided there and then that I would write a book because at least someone would take notice of me. And and I had been writing children's readers at that stage under another name, Jay Dale. So I knew that I could write. So I wrote um, Some Secrets Should Never Be Kept, yep. which was the first book. And uh, we took that to three publishers, we went to three illustrators nobody wanted to publish it so my partner Mark and I we took out a loan and we decided this was a really important book and we published it ourselves so that was the beginning of Educate to Empower Publishing and uh, the beginning of my journey in this space of body safety and consent education yeah wow I love people like you, Jay, where, you know, <laughs> you see a problem and you go go about, you change your whole world to go and fix it and you, mm. you create something that you know that's filling a need that's necessary and your books, I can, can only imagine, I, I recommend them so much that, you know, 
you probably I, I recommend them on Instagram on on TikTok yeah. I also recommend them to everyone I speak to because they are very well written books and I've read on your website that you and your partner Mark were English teachers is that right well, no, uh, yes and no. <laughs> I was, I've actually been an early years primary school teacher. That's yep. where I began my life as a teacher. But when we met at around 30, yep. we actually went to Japan and we taught English ah, in Japan. That's cool. But when we got, yeah, that was really cool. So Mark doesn't have a teaching background, but he, he did that anyway. And when we got back, because we had one daughter by then, yeah. I decided to, what I sort of did at that stage was a mix of education and publishing. So I'd think up ideas like yeah. a reader or a mass book or something, and then I would sort of sell it to a publisher. Right. So I was, the teaching background has always been incredibly crucial in everything I do, particularly in these body safety and consent books that I do, yeah. is every time I write a book I have an objective in mind that I want the children the learning that the child and the parent come away with so it's yeah. you know I, I often I don't like for example with body safety my body when I say goes I don't use rhyme because it's not going to be able to explain exactly what I need to say and the skills that I want those children to learn yeah so you know I always have an educational teacher's hat on when I write my books. <laughs> I don't there's I don't think there's anything there's no such thing as an ex educator or teacher. You know, it's it's <laughs> no. the same with it's the same with my background in policing. You might be not in the job anymore, but you're always got that police lens. Yeah. Always got that teacher lens. You just can't stop, can you? <laughs> no. And I mean once we wrote some secrets then it was like, oh, you know, you've got to have a lesson plan with that. You can't just read a book. You've got mm. to introduce it and then you've got to um, unpack it and then you've got to consolidate it with lessons. So that's how it sort of built on from the books was with a lot of lesson plans as well. So your initial plans with that book was to, to share it or to have schools take it into their school lesson plans and, and share it. And I guess since you started writing all these books, I, you know, body safety and protective behaviours education has become a major part of the curriculum in schools. Mm -hmm. My daughter was taught thank body safety. Yeah, thank goodness. And in actual fact, I think that because body safety and protective behaviours has been put into the curriculum, we, you know, police have seen an increase in reports. The outcome for children is that we want them to be safe, right? So we just yes, want them to have a safe home or a safe ex environment and a safe experience in their childhood. There's no other agenda there. So, so no, your books are I amazing. Oh, thank you. But I also think that, you know, children, more than anything, more than even being loved in a way, need to be safe. I mean, this is a crucial thing that they really need to feel safe with the adults that they're with. And, I, you know, I just it just stood out to me that there was a simple way of prevention education because once, as you would know as a police officer, once a child has been abused, then, you know, it is a long and really heartbreaking story in a way like there will be healing but you know when will they disclose but we know prevention education is actually really quite simple there's yeah. certain skills they need to learn we teach them these skills in age-appropriate ways and hope that if they ever are touched inappropriately that they'll speak up from that first inappropriate touch yeah so, 
Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it can prevent so much. Like we know that 30 to 50% of all child sexual abuse is done by another child. And the fact is, is that up until in the last 20 years, probably, let's say 20 years, maybe even longer, you know, since protective behaviours and body safety education has started, we didn't talk about these things. So therefore, it a lot of things happened because kids didn't know better or they didn't know That's different. Right. And so we're changing the future for our children by talking about these things. It's not, I know what you're talking about that, you know, when, when they like avoid talking about sort of certain topics and it gets a bit like everyone's fidgety. I had a Mm -hmm. presentation to teachers yesterday and I had a question about what type of sexual abuse becomes a statistic. And I was like, I was very frank. I was like, so are we talking about, you know, penetration, or are we talking about indecent dealing? Like, and mm, and mm. like the teachers even felt uncomfortable with me going into detail about what type of mm, what, sure. what constitutes an actual child sexual abuse statistic. And I think that's the thing we need to normalize these conversations so that we can be comfortable with them. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, we just have to put like with those teachers. They have to put their adult fear of this topic aside because it's about protecting those children that are looking at them every day in the classroom and, you know, stand up for them, be be their warrior person who looks out for them and face, mm. face this. I mean, some adults even are too scared to say, you know, vagina or penis, but that is becoming more normalised as well, that, you know, that we call the private parts by the correct name. But, yeah, some people are very uncomfortable with this topic, but I have seen a shift, I yes. must say. Since we started like back in 2011, like when I took some secrets once to a a local kinder, the woman said to me, the the teacher said, get out of here with that book. Just get out of here with that book. It was incredible. So I I have seen a massive swing. Um, Now we have it in the curriculum here in Victoria, particularly. We're always being quite ahead there. Yes. And we've got the child safety standards now. So like there is no excuse and, you know, be the big person Look it in the fa- look this topic into the in the face and protect children. Basically. Yeah, and I love that. I love so I've got I've got more than the two books that I've I've got. No <laughs> means no, and my body set what I say goes, and I've got a couple of others. But I love that you've also now branched out into like inclusion and mm. feelings mm-hmm. and all of that. I mean, all of your books are in, behind you there, and like you know, mm. body and consent and respect. Because these are these are topics that we didn't talk about, you know, 20, 30 years ago. We and didn't I mean, talk with, about it. Even with, we didn't. And even with body safety, like we need to talk about feeling safe, feeling unsafe, feeling angry. Feel, like it all is part of the one sort of circle. Mm-hmm. And like gender equality, I mean, that is one gender feeling like they have more power over another. So that's really important in this whole conversation as well is gender equality. So sort of I love bringing those topics in. And we're also have, we've done, I don't know if you know, we've done an Indigenous version of my body, what I say goes. And I'm working currently on one for kids with disability. That's amazing because, as we know, kids with kids living with a disability are two point two, and I reckon it's higher than that. Probably. Times more likely to be sexually abused or abused because, unfortunately, and in my experience in policing, we saw kids who you know they might be nonverbal or they 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 don't understand what's happening, and 
and and in actual fact parents with with children who are living with a disability are very cautious around teaching their kids about this stuff whereas i feel that we should be ensuring that they're included in this education so that's amazing yeah yeah it'll be called my body safety rules and there are seven rules so in Victoria, I don't know in the other states, but I expect it's the same. When a carer works with a disabled child, they get a police check and they have a work with children, yep. but they don't have to do any body safety or consent training. They don't have to use the language of consent. Yep. And it's a massive loophole that we have seen. So I thought, you know, I'm going to do a book where this the child is sort of in the book saying, these are my body safety rules. Yeah. And we would hope that when the carer comes and works with a person's child with a disability, they read that book before they even start the work Amazing. to see this is how we interact and uh, work, you know, how we talk about our bodies with this with my child. So, yeah, that's yeah. amazing, Jay. Because I have had many a conversation with EAs, teachers you know, people working with children with disability where they'll say, you know, I'm actually concerned because this, you know, these people, they think they're being helpful, but actually they're, and they, they're they trying to help, but they're not actually considering their the child's consent, their body autonomy, yeah. you know, all of these things. And, and that's actually a concern for me. And so what we also need to, from my police lens, you know, we need to also remember that we need to consider those things because that's protecting the child, but you also got to protect yourself as in that situation. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And I think if we, if, you know, if the governments or whatever are not putting mandatory training in place. Mm. So for example, your neighbor with a police check and working with children's can come and look after your disabled child. Now, you know, do they know to ask, Oh, can I move your leg? Is that Okay. No, they don't. And so you really don't know what's going on. And I think it's a massive loophole. So hopefully this is just just me again getting a bit cross. I love <laughs> that you see how can I Yeah, help. How can I make this better? How can we start this conversation? How can yeah. we how can we educate people so that they will do better? Like it's not about, you know, shaming or blaming people for not doing what, no. because when you don't know, you don't know, right? But when you know better, you should do better. Exactly. And, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah it's and, good. Get, and getting on to the, you know, working with children check and the police check, you know, it's only, here's, here's the loophole. If someone hasn't been caught, you know, doing the wrong thing, then anyone can get it. It's just a matter of being whether you've been caught or not. And unfortunately, you know, in my experience, there's a lot of people out there with those working with children checks and, and police checks, and they haven't been caught until someone says something, someone speaks up. And, you know, I think we, we know that perpetrators go where children are. And yeah. yes, we know there's a lot of online uh, grooming. And, you know, we know that online is, it can be a very dangerous place for children. But I don't think we can, you know, we've got to keep our eye on the ball there still are the perpetrators out there who are seeking out children. 100%. And, yeah, they will go where the children are. Well, in, interestingly, it's about 2.75 times more likely. So a person 
you know, who are attracted to children are 2.75 times more likely to work with children. Because like you said, they're more likely, they're, they're going to seek out jobs where it puts them in contact mm-hmm. with children. They're going to go. And, you know, I speak about this on other podcasts, you know, children, you know, that we can't identify them by look, smell, t- you know, what they wear, mm-hmm. what car they drive. We just yeah. need to make sure that we're, first of all, being protective supervising children with people that we don't know and ensuring our children have protective behaviors education and body safety education absolutely I mean yep that's what we should do as adults teachers parents grandparents you know just as I said put that fear aside and educate our children in prevention education and as you said a lot of your um, your police officers you know now um, are finding kids are disclosing more yeah. Well, that, that's what I've heard anyway, that in the last five or so years, children are coming forward and disclosing a lot more than they did in the past. And that, could, uh, you know, that I think that comes down to education. One thousand know, percent. The, yeah. The, you know, having that power to say, well, that is wrong. I know that. I've been told that. Now I need to speak up. Even we know that, you know, kids are obviously going to freeze mm. as an adult would. But that doesn't mean you can't practice the skills of body safety. Like it's just like wearing a seatbelt, right? Mm. You you put a seatbelt on your child and you hope you never have to use it, but it's there just in case. Well, teaching your child body safety and saying, no, stop, this is my body, it's, you know, it's empowering and it's there just in case. And they always know the default if they can't do that or they feel too scared or frightened is to tell a trusted adult straight away like go and tell an adult straight away Mm. so you know our responsibility as adults as safe adults and teachers is to educate ourselves around you know the grooming and the statistics and how to teach body safety that's our role and then it's to impart that knowledge to the children and hope they come to us. Yeah, and my experience in this space, you know, obviously with investigating child sexual abuse as well as interviewing children, is the children who had body protective, like protective behaviours or body safety education were quicker to speak up and were quicker to, and, and in actual fact, I found from talking to child sex offenders or convicted child sex offenders is the children who show signs of being confident and having a trusted adult and and showing signs of, you know, going to go, would go and tell an adult, they will more likely leave them alone. Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's another point when the child, if they're using the correct names for their private parts, like the perpetrator is going to go, oh, okay, this kid is educated to tell. And I have a poster called My Body Safety Rules, which is free. You've probably seen it. It's in 24 different languages. But even that poster on your refrigerator in your house sends a very clear message to anyone coming into your house that these kids are educated to tell. And what are they going to hate the most when the child doesn't keep the secret when the child tells? Yeah. Well, and they're, you know, and in my experience, they're not very, they're cowards, hence, you know, preying on children. So they are going to go for the path of least resistance, the path of a child that doesn't have a supportive parent, doesn't have open Mm. communication, isn't talking about this stuff, isn't teaching this stuff. You know, that's the child that they want, that that they're going to have more likelihood of, of, um, you know, preying upon. And it's a scary subject. It's a scary thought process. But I can tell you now, those kids that have that, 
are so mm. much better off. They, you know, prevention is where I put my focus. Prevention is where you're putting your focus. Mm. There's yeah. a reason yeah. for that. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I'm not a psychologist. I can't, you know, I can't help a child after the fact, um, but I can do prevention and yeah. uh, like you can too and we'll continue to do that because it's just so so important and you know okay and why I provide books and resources is because it, they're great vehicles for unpacking these scary topics so you know if you're a parent you're going to go oh my god where do I start what do I say you know but if you've got a book yeah. that you can sit down with children are visual learners they can have discussions and, and I find also through books and, you know, my books and other people's books that discussion does happen. And then, mm. you know, you're having these discussions when you're like three, four, five, these open discussions about what's going on in their lives, how they're feeling, all that sort of stuff. You know, that's going to be great when they're teenagers. Mm. They're going to be more likely to come to you because they've been having these ongoing discussions around these topics. And I just think it's a really lovely vehicle to to unpack tricky topics. Yeah. Yeah, and I think most parents don't, like we don't have children with the whole, uh, like we we think about that baby, we think about, you know, we don't mm. think about what what we need to do you know, for the next 18 years, 20 years, 30, 40 years. That's you know, right. I, I became very aware of this and my daughter's, you know, nearly 16. Over the last 10 years, it was so much easier when she was little. But the one <laughs> thing that I did, because I was educated in protective behaviours when I became a specialist child interviewer, and I saw how absolutely vital it is in child abuse prevention, child sexual abuse prevention, I started that conversation. And I, and like you said, I have the most like absolutely amazing conversations around every topic you can think of, you mm. know, not, not to embarrass her or anything, but you know, like there's mm. no topic is no topic is not discussed in our family. <laughs> yeah. And she will come to you if she's concerned about something yeah. and you've given her that empowerment to cut, you know, about consent. You've talked about her, yeah. you know, so that she can stand up for herself. She has rights and, you know, if anything does worry or upset her, you know, she's sure to come to you because she knows that you'll talk about anything. Nothing is off the table. And I think these these kind of conversations, so it's sort of like, well, yes, you're unpacking body safety and consent and feelings and gender equality, and that's amazing. But you're also, you know, developing this bond between you mm. where you really are their safe person and you can say, look, nothing's going to shock me and and. You know, often in my books, I will have a question like, you know, has anyone ever made you feel unsafe or mm. who are the safe, the people on your safety network? So they can just have these conversations rather than just read a book. Yes. They're, they're, there's a lot more in there to help the learning, I suppose. So, yeah, yeah I'm I, so I, grateful I mean, I understand for you. it. I'm no. so grateful for you. I like, you, I'm grateful I'm, for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm grateful because you've taken that stress out of it like these are beautifully written beautifully illustrated books that have taken a lot of stress out of it so you know it, it makes yeah. so much sense and I, like I said I'm just disappointed I didn't have them when my daughter was little mm. to be able to you could you know if I could turn back time like I, it would be so great to have had them but the, you know the best thing is they're going to be there for when my daughter has children and Indeed. And, and hopefully that, one day she may never need them. But 
she will probably there's always going to be you know yeah. perpetrators uh, sadly but with the little big chat series which are those little books you probably yep, the little readers yeah yeah I just I felt that for the two to six year olds we really needed to break it down into small pieces yeah rather definitely. than have a book with lots of skills like we could talk about private parts of private secrets and surprises and just make it into sort of chunk it into smaller pieces so because we can start these conversations from a very early age a very early age we should yeah we absolutely should no that's perfect because you don't realize how but and children are sponges right they're just sponging up every bit of information everything we say everything we do you know and there's no perfect way to do all this stuff but having something a little guide those little big chats are amazing little books for those, those younger kids so What's next for you? Have you got any big plans? Like I know that you've you've got so much on the go all the time. Um, I think I am really focusing on um, I hope to get Kaya's edition, which is the Indigenous version. It's been illustrated by Jasmine Seymour. So I really would love if we can get that out into more Indigenous communities. It's ex- yeah. it's similar, uh, similar information, obviously nearly, you know, nearly exactly, but it the Indigenous kids will identify with the images because it has been um, illustrated by an Indigenous artist. And then, of course, I've got the special needs book, so I'm very excited about that. So they'll come out next year. And then I have um, another little special book that's coming out. It's called Love Little One. So that's my gift to people who are having children and the kinds of uh, the kinds of things I would like them to gift their children, if you know what I mean. Like it's, yeah. it starts with, welcome little one into my arms. I'll keep you safe, safe from harm. So it's those oh, kinds of. Um, that sounds beautiful. Verses. Yeah, it is pretty cute. And it'll be, you know, like just, I always start with a word like um, welcome or care or uh, be kind, you know, all the things that I'd like parents to be able to think about for their children as they're growing up sounds like the perfect gift for a newborn parent or a or a yeah 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 Um, yeah I just I I ask everyone before um, we finish up the podcast because when I was writing my book and and I I kept thinking if parents knew what I knew they would do things differently Mm-hmm. and that was my like if just if everyone knew what I knew I just wish everyone knew what I knew but mm-hmm. can't do that so if parents knew what you knew or if there is there one bit of information or one bit of wisdom that you could impart with parents about what you know and what you want them to know look I think I really do think it is about being that warrior person for children and and not thinking about oh my god I'm so fearful of this topic but putting that aside, because, you know, every time you hear the news, there is something about a child being sexually abused or sexual abuse of children. So this goes on. So you need to put that fear of this topic aside and and understand that you're, you're not actually going to be talking about the act of sexual abuse. Like when you do road safety, you don't show children graphic images. When you show teach water safety, you don't say, well, this is how you're going to drown. Like you don't show graphic images. So understand that what you're doing in preventive education is age appropriate. But my God, it is so powerful, as we know. And not only is it powerful for your child, but we know that a lot of children will tell their friend. 
So if your child knows that, you know, that um, touching their private parts or people wanting to photograph their private parts is inappropriate and their friend comes to them and tells them that someone is doing that to them, then your child knows they need to tell. So you actually, it's like a ripple effect. When Mm. you educate your child and put your fear aside, it ripples out into the community. And I think we all have our part to play. And parents, you have a big part to play in this, as our teachers do. And, um, yeah, and look, I think educate yourself on grooming. Statistics are frightening. And when you see those things, you'll know to put your fears aside and educate your child. Yeah, educate yourself and educate your child. Yeah, so so yeah. true. I you know, it's a it's a question that's actually been plaguing me right now is that why why are some parents very proactive and want to do everything they possibly can and why do some parents are scared and put their head in the sand and just like not my child, not my you know, it's not going to happen to us and not do anything and and that's I think that's good advice like put your fears aside and realize that by doing this, you're actually doing like your, it's a life-saving skill. These are life-saving yeah. skills. And and also, I mean, like they, I think the biggest fear people have is that you are going to talk about the act of sexual abuse, mm. but you're actually, actually not. You're just saying you have a body boundary. This is your personal space. No one touches your private parts. They're just for you. It's very simple messaging. Yeah. It's nothing about the actual act. So if, if parents could just understand that it's a positive message, an empowering message that you're giving, not a, a frightening one, then they would be much more likely to take their head out of the sand and um, educate educate their kids in this space. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's been plaguing me. That question's been plaguing me. Why? Why do? Why are we so scared? And and you know, some people think that by talking about something, it encourages children to, like, it brings it into their you know universe, into their world. But in this space, in what I've seen and what I've heard, there is no such thing as no. being too prepared. You know, too preventative. You know, there's no such thing <laughs> because I, no. I and you, you've probably the same, Jay, you know, you've probably heard stories of survivors where they just wish someone had told them. From that first inappropriate touch, they'd known it was wrong. Yeah. How different their lives would have been. How different. And people would still be here if they'd known. So it's, you know, we know, you and I both know that the message to children is simple. Like you literally could have that poster with the five body safety rules and you, if you could, if parents couldn't afford books or whatever, and you could just go through those five rules and I think even that would be enough for a child to go, oh, okay, mm. that wasn't right. I feel my early warning, you know, I feel sick about this. I have to tell the safe person, the trusted person. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like, yeah, sometimes you feel like pulling your hair out, don't you? But- <laughs> definitely. I'll def- I'll share in the in the show notes that link to that free poster for the yes, so that people do. can put it on their fridge. And I really encourage people to check out Jay's um, website. But Jay, where can people find you if they want to uh, pick up a book or connect with you or or whatever? Well, it is very interesting because we really only sell our books through word of mouth and uh, social media. So very few bookshops take our books. So it's www.e 
the numeral two e so e two e publishing dot info and as you know christy i have lots of free stuff there i give you away do. a lot of free posters and things so even if people can't afford the books go there for the posters or ask your library yeah. and if they don't have the books they have to get them so ask, ask them to really bring good... get them in yeah e2e right. stands for educate to empower so e2 just empower. for anyone yeah. so that's like prompts them to remember and that's yeah so there's some beautiful books my body what i say goes like i've got the older version you've got a newer version yes and no means no and like so many different things all of the books that your child needs basically to and so you can have those beautiful open safe conversations around this stuff yeah absolutely absolutely thanks so much jay you are most welcome so lovely to talk to you it is and we'll catch up soon (laughs) Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. Education empowers children and empowers parents and education prevents abuse. That is why I'm here and that is why you are here. So thank you. If you want any further information or support, follow me on social media, either under Christy McVie or KPAU social media accounts. I'll put the links in the show notes. You can also purchase a signed copy of my book, Operation Kids Safe, via the website at www.cape-au.com. Also on my website is a free ebook titled 10 Tips to Keep Your Kids Safe from Abuse and self-paced courses for parents to help you in your journey of child abuse prevention. Don't forget to join our free Facebook group called Operation Kids Safe Parenting Group. Please see the show notes for any extra information, links and help should you be looking for extra support. Thank you once again for giving a shit about preventing child sexual abuse. See you next time.